there was one thing that really struck me and really stood out to me. It was a piece of advice that to this day, um, I think has really saved me from a lot of unnecessary like hardship and, and, and suffering. And what she said was, find spaces in which you feel validated and empowered. When I was around seven or eight years old, I had just moved into Qatar with my family. And I had just moved into this new school. And I didn't have any friends back then. I basically didn't know anything about anything. It was fourth grade, and it was Islamic studies, an incident which I will never forget. So one day, we had a pop quiz during one of our classes. And it was a very short pop quiz, and uh, we, we answered all the questions, and we gave the teacher our papers, and she told us to do our readings throughout the class. So it was a relatively quiet class that day. So as we were doing our readings, I heard the teacher shouting my name and telling me to come to her desk. And of course, everyone's frozen because it, this, her shouting came out of nowhere and it echoed in the quiet class. So I go to her desk and she looks at me and she says, yes, me, what are the answers to these questions? The pop quiz constituted of two questions only and they were relatively basic. So I told her, aren't these the answers? And then she directs the question to the rest of the class. She says, class so-and-so, what are the answers to the questions in the pop quiz that I specifically told you to prepare for um, the previous class? And the rest of the class gave her the correct answers. They all shouted it simultaneously. And then she looked at me and with a very, very aggressive glare on her face. And she was telling me, see, these are the correct questions you would have known that had you actually cared and you had actually done the work, you would have known. But apparently you didn't. And then I looked at my paper and I noticed that there were red X's on them to indicate that I got the wrong answers. And when she told me, go back to your seat, I burst into tears because that was the first time I ever got shouted at um, at all, let alone in front of my classmates that I didn't even get the chance to make friends with yet. So, of course, I burst into tears and I go back to my seat. And basically, I spent the rest of the class crying. I had my head on the table and I just cried my heart away. Towards the middle of the class where I was, I just thought I was all cried out. And uh, a classmate next to me, she asked the teacher, she asked her, teacher, she's still crying. Should we do anything? Is there anything we can do? And then she told her in a very cold voice, she knows what she has done wrong. Leave her be. And then that set me off in another session of tears until the rest of the class. So basically by the end of the class, my eyes were all puffed up. My face was all red and cried out. And as I was leaving the class and the teacher's desk was right next to the door. So she was basically glaring at me as I was leaving. That incident, which I will never forget, left me scarred for the rest of the week. Uh, this incident, without any exaggeration, kind of started shaping my personality for years to come. It started changing the way I view myself and the way I view people and my interactions with them. 
every child needs that one adult that believes in them no matter what. And I really believe my story would be a good demonstration of that. Um, so my teachers, I had like in every stage of my school life, I had uh, one or few teachers who actually shaped me the way I am, believed in me, even though I faced a lot of racism since I was one of the very few black kids in my school. And uh, the school uh, had a majority of students with a cer- students and staff with a certain uh, ethnicity. So in KG, in grade one, uh, I was very notorious. I was very aggressive. And I believe that the reason why I was like that was because I was the only um, or one of the very few black children. I always felt defensive. I had to protect myself. Everyone is against me. No one made me feel like it's safe here, it's home, nothing like that. So uh, I was really, really aggressive. And uh, until this one teacher came, she used to treat me like I'm just like a child, a normal child. And and I never felt that. I always felt like I'm just inferior. That's how I felt the other teachers treated me. And that was in KG. But this one teacher, she used to kiss me on my forehead. She used to treat me like her own child. Uh, it really felt special. I, that was the f- that was one of the few times I felt like I belonged. You know, I'm just one of the children. I'm not just someone who's different or someone who's. And that really was. I really believe that was really really important for my uh, and shaped my personality today. Like uh, because of I'm more compassionate, more loving, and so on. And the rest of my school life uh, after she left, especially when she left, I started started all over again I started feeling like I have to be defensive I have to protect myself always I have to watch my back and then teachers used to always make me feel like I'm that bad kid even though I was not doing anything really I was just being I was just me you know I was just like the rest of the kids Um, anything anything I do which is like the other for example if I would talk it would be amplified because it was because I'm I'm just, I'm just black, like, or at least that's how I felt. And even one of, even one time there was this one teacher who barely knew me, but he used to tell my best friends that they should stay away from me, not associate themselves with me. Uh, I'm a bad influence. So that really, really, really affected me so much. And if not for those uh, few teachers at that time who also treated me like I'm their child, um, they would call me nicknames as well, which was really endearing. Like, I felt like, you know, like, and every time I make a mistake, it was fine. I felt safe making mistakes. But with the rest of the teachers, I was so scared to make mistakes. And that still affects me until today. Like, I'm 20, I'm almost 23 right now. And that affects me uh, until now. Like, I'm really, I'm still scared of making mistakes. And, um, like, I always believe that they just... Even if they don't know me, they just had a preconceived notion that I'm a certain way just because of the color of my skin. And I'm just not like the rest of the kids. So in grade 11 and 12, I was uh, when I joined sciences, I was the only black kid who was who could join sciences. And teachers would always be, they would be stumped. Like, how did you end up here? That's impossible. You know, like, you're not supposed to be here. Like, how, how did you do that? And... At that point, I just got used to it. Even I was just shocked. I was like, wow, I, I really I really ended up here. That's crazy, you know. So fast forward towards the end, 
few teachers uh, started like um, one of the teachers who he, he was a he was a new teacher. He just comes teaches me for a few classes, sees me interact. He was a math teacher, and he saw that. And like in the first parent teachers meeting, he told my father that I'm I'm a special kid. Like I'm really like math is really my subject. Like I can actually do well, and I should focus more. And that's when I started actually focusing more. I believed what he said. From there, I just started um, doing way better in my studies overall. And at the end of my school life, I just became one of the top students in my school. So really, th- those teachers, those f- those few teachers, even though like my school life was hell, but they made it much much easier and they shaped my life the way it is today uh, right now i'm like um, trying new things always making mistakes trying everything um, uh, excelling my studies alhamdulillah and yeah i really like i really believe it's important to have that one teacher and which is also why i want to be a teacher because i know with my experience I can focus on changing children's life like even them going like people going through hell is inevitable but having that one adult who can change their life if I can be that that means the world to me and that's why I really want to be a teacher it's because of them When I was in high school I used to have a very lovely teacher he used to teach Islamic studies he was very young but he was very bright as well he always used to bring some new activities or um some entertaining things that we can do in class that basically um allows us to understand the message that he want to convey but at the same time have so much fun one time he came to the class holding a big box so we were curious about what was that about when he reached to the table he started taking the stuff out of the box it was a microphone a headset and basically speakers so we were curious we really wanted to know and he basically asked this question who would love to come here and recite some quran and i was very excited so i raised my hand as high as i could possibly do and I basically insisted that he needs to choose me because i want to recite quran because my mom always allows me to do that so when he basically looked at me he chose me and i was very excited as me walking to the table i already knew what surah they were basically recite surah al-rahman my favorite so i was very excited so i sat down <clears throat> cleared my throat bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim and i started reciting the quran i basically start i was trying to convey every letter every emotion of the ayah and try to basically make my voice as loud to make sure that everybody in the class reach it and understand what i'm saying and as i'm basically reciting the quran i was also having fun because it was a way for me to finally prove myself that i have a beautiful voice as my mom always told me and <laughs> and then basically make sure that you know the emotion that i always feel from the surah conveyed and reached to the end of the class so as i'm basically at the last ayat of the surah sadaqallah alazim i was very happy waiting for everybody to clap to me i took my headset off and i was looking at the class and the whole class was literally blocking their ears this everybody looked very disturbed but the teacher was so nice he gave me a little bit of smile but then yeah that's 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 my story and uh, ever since i started just reading to my mom god bless her <laughs> she handles me so i'm 30 years old and i work i i talk on the radio and the story that i'm about to share is one of the most precious moments that i've ever lived and 
I think about this moment unintentionally, so I remember it at least once a month because there was this teacher who said just one sentence and that one sentence absolutely, I can say it with 100% confidence that that one sentence changed my life. It, it, it put me on a different path than I was on. And so here we are. Um, I, as a child, as a kid, as a young boy, was very shy and introverted. And I, I'd only speak when I'd be spoken to sort of a kid, you know. I, but I'd always observe. I wasn't sad or anything. I just never spoke too much. Also, I loved singing for as long as I can remember, literally. I, I, I wouldn't even get into that. <laughs> but I, as far as, you know, how, however far back I go, I remember that I loved singing. I would sing in anywhere there would be an echo, like a staircase or a hallway or anywhere empty with just walls. I would be singing. And especially in high school, we had these big classrooms that if you were one of the first students to sort of show up to school early then you had that room all to yourself for a few minutes. And so this is in high school, like 11th or 12th grade, where this teacher of ours on every Thursday would have a double lecture. So that's two hours back to back right before lunch. And at some point he started doing this thing where he would not teach us in those two hours. Instead, he asked us to organize an event inside the classroom where all the students perform whatever they wanted. Present, perform. You, you could read a poem, sing a song, tell a joke, tell a story. In, I, I remember people impersonating other teachers. And it was just, you know, just have fun. But in an organized sort of a f manner. And when he first started doing that, it took me a couple of weeks to understand that, okay, maybe just I could possibly go up and sing. And it's scary. It's nerve-wracking, but I want to do it. And so observed again for a couple of weeks or so. And then one day I decided, all right, um, come on, man. Enough is enough. Just get up and do it. Everyone else is doing it. And so I got up and I finally did it. Everyone was listening. I had my eyes closed. I, I, I don't know if they were staring at me or rolling their eyes, but everyone was quiet and they were listening, including him. He would never interfere. So I did that and it was over and everything was fine. Everything was just moving on all along and it just, it was, it was okay. I was like, wait, that's it? That's, that's all I was worried about? Like, as soon as I sat down, the next guy was up and trying to like do his thing so I was like okay that wasn't too bad <laughs> so that motivated me to keep going back and again and again and now the weekdays became a time period where I would be just waiting for Thursdays for those two hours because that was my time to shine I would be walking in the streets wherever I'm going and I'd be like singing okay this Thursday I'm gonna sing that song and I'm gonna sing it like that and I'm gonna do this and then, and you know that's what changed massively. And um, I slowly, gradually got better at 
singing. Technically, I don't know, but I felt good about it because it became a very safe space to um, explore yourself in front of everyone else without the fear of being judged because everyone else was doing the exact same thing. And this is how the events would end. So, you know, the lunch bell goes off and that's your cue. Chaos, just like chairs, tables everywhere, people walking into each other, out of classrooms, in, and, you know, it's lunchtime. So one of these days, the event ended, and that day I had, I, I, I sang a fairly uh, nostalgic sort of a song. And it was quite uh, emotional and, you know, bittersweet sort of tracks. I did it, and as I was walking out of the classroom, I looked back towards where the where our teacher was, and he he was looking towards me, and he gestured me over. So I I went up to him like, yes, sir, and that's when he said it. He said, Hisham, there are lots of doctors and engineers in this world. Don't stop what you're doing. Don't ever stop what you're doing. And I froze. Internally, I was, I cannot express, it was an overwhelming, joyous storm. But on the surface, I just froze. And all I could do was just, I was not, I remember nodding my head in, in yes, yes. And that's what I said. I just said the word yes while maintaining this intense eye contact. Like, hey man, you have my word. And he knew it. That, and I knew it, that that moment was a big, big moment. So when I was in college, I minored in African and African-American studies. So I took a class called Black Hair and Body Politics, which is basically about the ways in which black bodies are perceived and portrayed, particularly in American society. So we had to do an assignment called a self-reflection essay where we talk about how uh, body politics have affected us and how we uh, navigate, you know, the world. So some people talked about, you know, their relationship with their body and growing up with a certain body type. Some people talked about their relationship with their hair. You know, one guy talked about balding and, you know, making the decision to go completely bald and how that's affected his life. So I basically talked about, you know, growing up fat and also just being fat and, you know, navigating life in a fat black uh, female body. Right. And at that time, I that was a really low point for me because I I was in university and I was around people who really made me feel like I was just really inadequate. So I felt inadequate. I felt uh, disgusting. I felt gross. I felt um, unworthy. So doing this presentation, I think it was really the first time probably that I actually shared how I was feeling with um, with people. And it was in front of a whole class of people that I barely even knew. <laughs> so um so afterwards, she she gave everyone, you know, feedback. So in the response that, you know, she gave me, there was one thing that really struck me and really stood out to me. It was a piece of advice that to this day, um, I think has really saved me from a lot of um, unnecessary like hardship and, and, and suffering. And what she said was, 
find spaces in which you feel validated and empowered, right? Because I think that um, at that time, what I was trying to do was trying to change the dynamic of the space that I was already in. A space in which prior to coming into that space, I wasn't feeling inadequate. I was feeling confident. You know, I'm from Pretty Girl County, okay? Um, For those of you who don't know, PG County, Prince George's County, like, is in Maryland. Look it up. But um, a characteristic of a PG girl is that she's confident, right? So, um, and I didn't go to university in in PG County. So um, prior to coming to that space, like, I was good, right? And then um, just being in that environment, being around those people, it really destroyed my sense of self-worth, right? So when when I read her response, it's at that moment that I realized, um, you know, I was so busy trying to survive that I didn't realize why I wasn't growing, why I wasn't loving myself. Because when you're trying to survive, you don't have time to do anything else, right? So um, finding spaces that, you know, I felt validated in, that's something that, you know, I've carried with me until now. Um, It's become just a maxim in my life. And I think uh, a lot of times we try to convince people to be better, you know, to treat us better, or we try to shame them into treating us better when in reality, we don't have control over that. But what you do have control over is whether you stay in that place. I feel like I have multiple stories from my school years, but there's one particular story that stands out. Um, I think I was in seventh grade and I don't remember which day of the week it was. Um, but what I do remember is that we had one English class every week where we go to the library instead of the classroom. And for some reason, we weren't allowed to take our bags into the library. I guess they were afraid we would steal books or something. I really don't know. Still doesn't make sense to me. So I left my bag outside and after class, I came outside and I couldn't find my bag. Everybody ran to the PE class because obviously that's their favorite subject. They get to play football and stuff. And I was panicking and midterms were approaching. So I'm like, how am I going to study? You know, I have, I literally have no books. Where's my bag? So I went looking for it. Um, I went back to the classroom. I was looking all around the hallways, uh, my friends' classes. So, and there was this other guy who was late for no reason. I, I, I can, like, I remember he took his bag and he ran into some friends and he started chatting and stuff. So me and this other guy made it to the PE class at around the same time. And the teacher was upset, obviously. Uh, so he was like, why were you late? And before we could even get a chance to explain ourselves. He was like, if you're ever late again, I'm going to do so-and-so. I don't really remember the details. And then he said something along the lines of, what do you have to say to me? Like he was expecting an apology or something. And I remember this guy with me was like, last time, I'm not going to do this again. And I was trying to think of a smart answer that shows him that I didn't mean to be late, you know, I wanted to show him that I'm a respectful student. This is not usually what I do. So what I said was, if you think I deserve a punishment, I understand. He thought I was talking back. He thought that was attitude. Like, I don't care. And I think the way I phrased it was probably a bit problematic. I said, if you think, I, I didn't stop there, obviously. I, I said what I had to say, but... 
that word kefik, which means as you like or whatever you see fit, triggered him. He thought it was a challenge, like I don't care if I get punished. Um, so he was really upset. He was like, oh, okay, so it's like that. Khalas, uh, go to the supervisor's office. And um, I was so confused. I felt cheated. I was like, I really thought about my answer, you know. Um, so I go to the supervisor's office and he recognized me and he was kind of weirded out. Like, you, what, what are you doing here? Um, so I explained the situation and uh, he didn't even bother telling me that it was a misunderstanding. He said, I know you're a respectful student and your father is a respectful man. So I'm going to let this slide. So he still made me feel like I made a mistake. And maybe I did. I don't know. Like now, now that I'm older, I, I see how what I said could be viewed as problematic or as a challenge, I guess. But I don't know. Um, so yeah, long story short, I ended up missing PE and standing in front of the supervisor's office because that was the punishment at the time. And then every supervisor would pass by and see me and they'd be like, what are you doing here? What did you do, you know? Which was even more upsetting. I remember going back home, I was really upset. I'm like, I did nothing wrong. Like, I really wanted this teacher to see that I didn't mean to be late and he completely misunderstood that. And I even remember my father being upset and he's not, my father is not somebody you can upset easily. So I'm glad someone was on my side. Although it was a frustrating experience at the time, I think that experience really taught me the importance of empathy. I believe every teacher needs to be empathetic and emotionally intelligent so they could deal with different types of students. Because in seventh grade, I was a lot more introverted than I am now. And I had a really difficult time expressing my emotions in a way that other people could comprehend. And even though I understand now that what I said is not really the ideal answer, um, I think that situation could have easily been avoided if the teacher paid attention to how I said the thing, not what I actually said. Hi, this time I'm not sharing a story. I'm here to thank Baker, Fama, Hisham, Yasmin, and our favorites, Samani and Ahmed. Thank you for taking the time to share your powerful stories with our listeners. What inspired this episode is when Yusra and I noticed people opening up to us in the DMs. It truly means a lot to us, and we're here to remind you that our DM is a safe space for you to share and open up about things you feel strongly about, especially if it's triggered by our podcast. That's whether it's good or bad. Um, yeah, this was with Haya and Yusra. Yusra.